0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Social Bamboo Podcast, teaching only the fastest and most sustainable social media growth strategies out there. I'm your host, Derek Vidal, and on today's episode, I am doing the recap of the John Lee Dumas interview. This interview came out about three weeks ago, and I usually come out with the recap just the week right after, but had to come out with a previous episode about hashtags because I felt like it was really important to come out with. So if you are seeing less hashtag impressions, make sure you go listen back to uh, the two previous hashtag episodes that I just come out with. There's two parts to it. You're going to want to make sure you listen to both parts to make sure that you actually get the whole picture there. Uh, I realized after coming out with the first one that There are some things that could still be confusing to some people, so that's why I came out with the second one to clarify. And then last week, I was on family vacation, and I did batch some content beforehand, but I didn't want to put it together. I just wanted to enjoy myself, and that's really why we're entrepreneurs at the end of the day. So I've taken the last about 10 or 11 days off. I'm ready to get back into it and uh, super fired up, up about today's episode because it is a quick one. But I am going to teach you guys something that is extremely impactful for any business owner if you are able to apply this. This is not the easiest thing in the world to apply, but when John mentioned this in, this, in his interview, I realized it's something that I have been doing as well, but I haven't really taught it yet. And um, it's something that is, is just very important. So you know, enough talking. Let me just tell you what the tip was. The number one tip that I got out of that interview with John is when he said, when I started the Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast, it was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. It was also the worst daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs, and then he said it was the only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. That's how he won, and the the easiest way to be the number one at something is to be the first one there. And often when you're the first one there, it gives you the credibility. It makes it so you are naturally the go-to name in the space. Like when people think of inter- like podcasts that interview successful entrepreneurs, you think of entrepreneurs on fire. Apart from that, you might think of the Tim Ferriss show. But really, JLD was the first one to really own that space. And it's funny because, like, that's what he's really known for nowadays. And when he started the podcast, it's like, what was he known for before that? And to be honest, I'm not totally sure. Um, He was probably doing entrepreneurship. He was at least well-connected enough to get people on the podcast. But, you know, that's really, like, the main thing that he's known for nowadays. And it's something that he was the first to jump on that opportunity, and this is why it's really hard for me to teach you guys this because in order to be the first person to jump on an opportunity it means that you're not going to be able to see an example of someone else doing it. You're going to have to be able to find a space that you think is actually something people care about, something that you're passionate about and willing to sustain, right? Cuz you can't just, you know, go own that space real quick and then just be done with it. We're thinking of something that we are actually willing to own that space for a while. And uh, yeah, it really is taking a gamble. No matter what, it is going to seem risky and have a lot of question marks to it. Because when he came out with this podcast, he probably knew that people cared about entrepreneurs. He knew that people cared about entrepreneurs' stories. So he had that proof of concept. Whether or not it would work you know, in a podcast fashion or not, There were some question marks, obviously. Nowadays, we have plenty of information to know that that's a perfect fit for podcasting. But when he started it in 2012, things weren't as obvious, okay? It's kind of like on TikTok. Like, to be the first person in your market on TikTok and create content for your market, it can be difficult. Nowadays, there's a lot of you know track record of content out there that you can go and look and see what else is doing well for other businesses in your industry. And you can kind of you know, duplicate what they're doing. And modeling success always works great, right? But there also is a point to when you're really trying to break through as an entrepreneur, it's hard to do that just from modeling. You have to find your own way and you have to find something that you can be the best solution for. So that's how he said it. He said, what can you be the best solution for in the entire world? And something I want to add on to this because I know it sounds crazy like how how would I be the best solution in the entire world for something. Let me tell you a little bit about the start of my podcast because I actually started my podcast under the same premise. When I started the Instagram Marketing Secrets podcast, which is what this podcast used to be called, it was not the only one. I will say that, but Of my competitors, when you go type in Instagram and you look for Instagram marketing specific podcast, there were social media podcasts. But as far as Instagram specific podcasts, there was about one or two others. And both of them had less than 10 total episodes and their episodes were coming out. On no consistent schedule, they were all over the place. They had no production value, You know, nor did mine at the beginning, except for I just had really good content right away. And I knew that, and I was like, whatever, I can record this on my phone and be the best Instagram marketing podcast today. Like literally the day I started it, I was the best Instagram marketing podcast. You can go listen to my episodes one, two, and three to go test me if you want. They're not good at all. They're not good at all by my standard of today. But those three episodes at that time were a lot better than the few people who had attempted to make an Instagram marketing podcast. On the day that I started the podcast, I had no idea I would be continuing to do it for as long as I am. I had no idea if I'd ever monetize it. Honestly, what happened is I was driving around in the car with my girlfriend at the time. I said, Oh my God, there's no Instagram marketing podcast. This is ridiculous because I was looking for an Instagram marketing podcast. Okay. So that's how I also knew that there was some proof of concept already. It was something I was looking for. I was driving around doing my sales job, looking for some extra information for help on how to sell more product for my e-commerce company through Instagram, and I couldn't find a solution. And I thought, why is that problem not being solved? I told her, hey, like, I should do this. This is crazy. And she said, why would anyone in the world care about an Instagram marketing podcast? So, yeah, just you can you know, get the idea that that relationship didn't work great because, you know, I'm very – bullish on all of my ideas. So I was really stoked about it. And kind of in a way out of spite, I started it that day. Like I literally came out with three episodes that day. Now, where was I in my expertise at that time? At that time, which was, you know, two and a half years ago, I had an Instagram account that was at like 22,000 followers. Okay. My my e-commerce business, I had built to 22,000 followers. I had Done that pretty much off of my own strategies, even though I had taken to YouTube, I had read a bunch of books, you know, I had been digesting information a ton. Obviously, I was looking for an Instagram marketing podcast at the time as well. So I was looking to expand my knowledge and looking to get better. What I did know is that even though I wasn't the most qualified person in the world to start an Instagram marketing podcast, I was the most qualified person in the world who was willing to do it. And that's also kind of John's story too. Even though like now, like he's incredible at it, right? Why is he incredible at it? Because he's been doing it for a decade. And when he first started it, sure, he he was good, right? But was there someone better than him in the world? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Probably, right? In a world of 7 billion people, was there someone who was probably going to do the podcast even better than him? Maybe. That doesn't matter. John was the one who was willing to do it. John was the one who saw the opportunity, the need for people want to hear from entrepreneurs, and there is not a podcast that interviews them. Now there is a ticking time bomb that goes off. As soon as you think of these kind of ideas, entrepreneurship is largely a race. I couldn't have started the business later is the thing. And that's kind of why imposter syndrome is something that you really need to get over because it will hinder your speed. In entrepreneurship, because if I, you know, twenty-two thousand followers said, "Look, there's people with a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand. There's people's businesses that do a million a month from social media." Like I am not qualified. If I had those thoughts, I wouldn't have started it, and I probably wouldn't have got myself to start it. Like, all right, now I'm at thirty k. All right, I'm good. Like you know, I wasn't that close to having to being at some certain success level all of a sudden that would get rid of imposter syndrome because if you have imposter syndrome at one level, it's probably gonna carry, carry on to the next one with you because you are raising the bar for yourself as you go. You are looking at people who are ahead of you at every step of the way. So if you can't overcome imposter syndrome right now in this present moment, don't think that you getting more results is naturally going to overcome it for you. Let me just stop real quick to give you an example for this. If I was doing a speech at a high school and all of the other people that are speaking that day are just other high school kids about their success and blah 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 and you know my particular topic is talking about how to be an entrepreneur, you know, instead of college or something like that then I'm not going to feel like an imposter, right? I'm going to be like, this is something I've done. I'm around all these high school kids that are way younger than me. Like I shouldn't feel imposter syndrome right now. Sure, some of these kids are judging me just because they're in high school and that's what they do. But ultimately, anyone who wants to learn from me, I don't feel like imposter syndrome. If I am opening for Tony Robbins at a... Hey, Bar & Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar & Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! At a conference... I'm going to feel imposter syndrome because I'm going to compare myself to him. Now, which situation should I be putting myself in? I should be putting myself in the situation where I'm opening for Tony Robbins. So if you're not feeling imposter syndrome, you're probably not challenging yourself. So that's just something I want to add real quick. If you're not feeling imposter syndrome, then that's bad. You're probably not surrounding yourself with people who are doing better than you. The key is to surround yourself with people who are doing better than you so you might feel some imposter syndrome but then the way to handle it from there is to know that no one who is ahead of you will ever judge you because people who are on step 10 while you're on step step seven they will recognize it they will see you and say look i've been there too no no judgment keep going they're not going to judge you right as long as you're not trying to coach people that are a 10 while you're a seven then you're not being an imposter if you're a seven and you're coaching people who are four then great, you're not being an imposter. And when I started the podcast, I was a seven at Instagram marketing. And now, because the best way to learn is to teach. I know this is something all of you get. This is something I live, all right? I live the best way to learn is to teach. So that's why I said I'm a seven at Instagram marketing. The best way for me to get to a nine is to start an Instagram marketing podcast. That will force me that if I come out with an episode every single week, that I will be forced to be better every single week. And not only that, I not only have to just learn what I'm learning. I have to learn things so well that I understand them to the point that I can teach them effectively to other people. And that's also why I have the podcast. I have the podcast for my own growth because it forces me to always level up if I'm going to keep your attention. If I'm going to keep all of your attention, okay, there's probably so many of you listening to this podcast right now that the Derek from episode one couldn't even capture your attention because you're ahead of Derek episode one. But because I'm ahead of you now, I have your attention. So I kind of look at it like I can only build a big enough audience of people who are behind where I'm at, so I better be running, all right? So that's just a little bit extra of why I also have the podcast that I haven't shared before. Coming back to like the main point, right? I want it to be the number one at something. Nowadays, I am one of the top social media podcasts, but I still am the number one Instagram marketing podcast. I'm basically going off of, if you go to Apple Podcast and you type in Instagram or Instagram marketing, I'm gonna come up first thing. If you type in social media, I am now ranked number eight. I was number 13 a couple weeks ago and like 17 a few weeks before that, which is like the very end of the list. But if you type in social media on Apple Podcasts, I was eight last time I checked. If I'm more than that, awesome. That's amazing. That's really what we're going for. And once I am number one on social media, then I will rebrand to the number one social media podcast. But as of right now, when people ask me what I do, I don't say that I'm one of the top social media podcasts. I say I'm the number one Instagram marketing podcast. The reason why is because no one wants to listen to the number two of anything, all right? Especially if it's free. It's it's free, like it's a podcast, okay? So if it was like, hey, the number one social media podcast is this other person, but it's like 50 bucks a month. Derek, you know, he's the number two, but it's like 15 bucks a month. You know, I just listen to Derek that would be the only time that being number two would be okay and all that would be is me like having a lower price. Otherwise, it's a podcast, it's free. So people only care about listening to the number one solution to what they're looking for help with. So what am I still the number one solution at as far as the podcasting world? I'm the number one Instagram marketing podcast and until I'm number one social media podcast, I will not be changing my branding over to that. Even if I'm number two, I will not be changing my branding to that. So really, in the background right now, I'm trying to set myself up to be that number one spot, but until then, I am branding myself in whatever number one spot I can be. So let me ask you this. What are you the number one solution in the world at solving for a specific market? And this is really what niching down is, but this is how you should think about niching down, and that's why I really like this topic because... Not niching down enough is the biggest problem for almost all of you listening to this podcast right now. I swear. I talk to so many podcast listeners, especially like when I do Clubhouse Rooms, which Clubhouse Room tomorrow, guys, they've been amazing. Tuesday mornings, 8.30 to 11 a.m. mountain time if you need an invite shoot me a DM on Instagram and I will invite you onto Clubhouse, but you can come talk to me personally and ask questions. I have a lot of podcast listeners that come over there and they say, Derek, can you go check out my account? And they're not nished down at all. And it's something that I get it because it's very hard to pick a niche, and I will tell you that I've been picking a niche for the last few years, okay? It's an ongoing process, and it's something that can change all the time too. And it's important to know that when you're picking a niche, you're not picking your job for the next five years, okay? You're picking your niche until, you prove that it's a working one or you wanna switch and you can literally switch it the next day if you want to. So a lot of business owners think like, oh, I don't wanna niche down and be stuck there. Like you can niche down and change it the day after, okay? You're an entrepreneur. You have complete control over your business. So uh, don't worry about, don't be so scared to pick a niche, okay? Pick it, be scared to stay general because you're essentially doing nothing, okay? Let me like speak from an example of like a fitness coach. There's a billion fitness coaches out there, Okay. Would you rather be the number two fitness coach in the world or the number, like, (laughs) so many of you are like, I'm like 17 million, okay? You're like the number 17 millionth fitness coach in the world is like your current branding. If your bio says fitness coach and you're not the number one fitness coach in the world, then essentially you're saying just, you know, fitness coach number 17 million, okay? It's not a strong marketing pull at all. (laughs) Why would a business ever rest like list, like if it was a restaurant, like on the outside of the building, like voted number seven best burrito, okay? You're either number one or you don't mention it. So when you are saying fitness coach, that is how you need to see this. You are saying that you are nothing. (laughs) You're saying that you are the number seven million in a saturated market. So what are you the number one solution at for a certain problem? So let's say that you are... Your specific problem that you help people with is you help, um, I kind of use this example a lot. I hate to go back to the same one, but it's useful for me to use the same one so that I'm uh, (laughs) quicker with my examples. I'll shut up now. Uh, So like, let's say that you're a a fitness coach that helps people, uh, to helps bride to bees drop a dress size before their wedding, okay? So you specialize in meeting up with women who are four to six months away from their wedding. And you know exactly what point of their life they're in, right? They're they are saving money aggressively. They are trying to pick out their flowers. They are doing all this other stuff, and they need to still drop a dress size or you know whatever their goal is, uh, fitness wise, before the wedding. And even though when you meet up with them, you'd probably just do general fitness coaching stuff. It doesn't matter because you are the number one solution. For this particular problem. So while this lady is in the position of, oh, I have my wedding coming up in six months, I wanna drop a dress size, blah, 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 then they find you. I help people drop a dress size before their six months before their wedding, three months before their wedding, versus, or I could work with Danny, fitness coach. Hmm. I don't know which one. Danny is the number seven million fitness coach. This person is the number one at helping me with the actual problem that I have. But Danny is number seven million fitness coach. Do you get it? Okay. That's why niching down is not just important. It is everything your business is at the beginning is what solution are you niched down to? Which problem and market, are you niched down to, okay? And that's more how you need to think of it. Each offer that I have belongs to a different niche, okay? And that's the other thing with like niching is you're not picking your niche for your business, you're picking your niche for each individual offer. And when the offers have the same market, that's better, okay, that's great. Especially in e-commerce, you do want to have the market be the same and then the offers change so that you can actually get a high average cart Value Right. But in digital coaching and education, a lot of times we are varying our offer depending on the, you know, the client in our, uh, our our different clients. For instance, I have a, an offer called marketing mastery. It is for businesses who want to run their first ever Facebook ad campaign. And I talk to you every single week until it's profitable. Now, how many people out there are offering Facebook ad coaching? Okay, tons of people. How many people out there are offering, uh, you know, even like Facebook ads coaching for e com experts? Okay, that still is like a saturated niche at this point. My niche is help, like even though my content is probably similar to some other people out there, okay? I do, I do know that there are some very unique things about my program that are not in other programs, I'll say that, but still, there's a lot of stuff that might be similar of me teaching Facebook ads as these other Facebook ads people, but when I say I help businesses create their first Facebook ad campaign, then right there, anyone who is about to create their first one is like, well, you're my guy, okay? They're like, you're my guy because you help people create their first one. So am I weaning out some people that are like, I'm on number four, though? Probably. But there's also some people that will hear that and be like, yeah, but I still like you as a coach. Like, it's number four but I still kind of suck. Can I be in your program? And I'll be like, sure. Right. So know that also when you niche down, you're not excluding nearly as many people as you think, because you're still going to get people who are just outside of that range. Be like, wait, do I still fit? And you're like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> right. So, um, cause essentially I can still just help anyone, uh, create their first profitable ad campaign if they haven't done that yet. But that's kind of like what I mean by niche down to helping people with a certain problem. So for me, like if I wanted to niche down even more than that, I could, be like, I help e-commerce store owners create their first profitable ad campaign and talk to them every week until it's profitable. Okay, that's kind of like my promise to it because I'm not someone who likes to do promises like, and you'll make 10 grand by next month. Um, I believe there is a way to still promise an awesome program without promising something that, you know, really can't be ethically promised. So uh, I think there's a lot of coaches that do better than me simply because they're willing to tell people, I'm gonna make you six figures in six months or I'm gonna make you five figures in your first month, month of coaching with me. Like the sole fact that they are willing to tell people that is why they close so many deals. And that's just not how I do it. I'd rather not close the deal that way um, and just say it in an ethical way. So like my big promise is like, I will talk to you every week until it's profitable. Okay, and that's what I think I am the number one solution in the world for is helping businesses create their first ever ad campaign and then I actually have a program where I talk to you every week until it's profitable rather than just give you a course and be like, good luck, okay? Because I know that just doesn't work um, with creating profitable Facebook advertising nowadays. It's way too expensive to, to be any less than great at it. If you're gonna be profitable, If you have a profitable Facebook ad campaign nowadays, you are amazing at Facebook ads. Okay. Otherwise, if you're like good, you're probably not profitable. If you're like really good, you're probably not profitable. If you're amazing, you're probably profitable. So that's why I take new businesses through this very difficult process and I don't allow it up to just a course. Okay. So. I'm getting a little bit off topic here. I'm not meaning to talk about my own offer because it's not like something I'm really trying to promote heavy right now. Although I will leave a link in the description. If it's a program that you would like to apply for, it is something that I need to talk to you first to make sure that I even believe I can create profitable advertising for you first. And if I do believe so, I will show you what that looks like, but you can apply and talk to me for free on a phone call. And even if it doesn't end up being a good fit, I don't care at all. I love talking to you guys. So feel free to book that at the link in the description. But today's episode I'm really just saying what are you the number 1 at and that is what you need to focus your branding around? Because who is the first woman to ever circumnavigate the the globe? Well, that would be Amelia Earhart. Who is the second woman to circumnavigate the globe? Well, I don't know who that is. I don't know if you do, but I don't think most people do. Who's the first man to land on the moon? That would be Neil Armstrong. Who is the second Buzz Aldrin, I do know that, although there's plenty of times that I completely blank on his name and there's way less people that know his name than Neil Armstrong. And he's the third man on the moon or woman. <laughs> no one knows, right? So, uh, so no one knows and that's the thing. So stop trying to be the third best, the 87th best, whatever you are. What are you the first best at? That's your brand. That's what you need to run with because if you are the first, you are by default the best. So I hope that is helpful to you guys and I will see you next week.